All right, good morning, Crossroads Ministries. It's great to be worshiping you here this morning. For those of you in the auditorium, would you please stand as we worship? For those of you who are joining us online, we want to thank you for tuning in and worshiping with us this morning as well. Here we go. I praise the way to with the dawn. Our souls await to you and lift the song. We've seen the things that you have done, and still we know the best is yet to come. There's more to come. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship pour out. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship pour out. Your presence here is all Break our chains with sounds of victory. You're changing everything. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship pour out. Open the gates. Open our hearts and let our worship hold out. Comfort this place. No one else could take your place. Come have your way. No one else could take your place. Come but this No one else could take your place. Come have your way. No one else could take your place. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship hold out. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship hold out. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and greet one another here this morning. It's great to be with you. It's great to be worshiping with you.
Calvary, my Savior bled for me, my Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from inside, no greater sacrifice. What He's done, what He's done. Yeah, it's good. It's so good to, it's so good when we start the morning off. Isn't it good to just declare the truth? Like, let's get the truth. Let's declare it. Let's sing it. What he's done. That Jesus Christ has died on the cross and three days later he has rose again. We believe that. And that's what gets us up in the morning. And that's the mission that we're on here at Crossroads is to see people 
Come to know Jesus and grow. That's why we're here. We're not here to just do a bunch of good things. Those are important. But we're here to just be pointers to Christ. Because it's not what Luke, you, or anybody else around you did or what we can do. It's what Christ has already done. So that song, that's, that's a powerful song. Thank you, worship team. That was phenomenal. We thank God for our worship team. So welcome. We're glad that you're all here. We're, we're all gathered this morning, and it's, it's a blessing. It really is. And so we're glad that you're here. All of our guests, welcome. Uh, please stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Uh, we'd love to talk with you and connect with you. We also have a gift for you, all of our guests. So please stop by the Welcome Center. And if you're online joining us, we have our online family. Glad that you're uh, joining us online. And so if you are a guest this morning online, please let Elena know and show we'd love to connect with you and share more about the church and just get to know you online. And, you know, we, listen, it's cool because people will watch sometimes for months and then they show up and then they're like, I've been watching. I'm, I'm plugged in. Sometimes they know more what's going on than some of us that are here in the building. You know what I mean? Um, like I remember one time someone came in and they knew who I, they said, oh, Luke. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like. You know, now listen, when you wear red shirt and khaki pants, now I'm telling you, like, that's a, I guess Kyle and I got the memo. Anyway, but long story short, we're thanking God for what he's doing, and uh, I shared about growing, right? So we want to know Christ and grow, and one of those things that we're doing here at Crossroads this Tuesday is our refuel event. And so our refuel one day event is, is it's, it's to give you tools to give you tools to put in your spiritual toolbox and and what i mean by that is some of them listen dr gary habermas is going to be speaking here at our church uh and he he and ken will share here more information here a little bit but i want to share with you this is a gift that he is coming along with dave early who wrote the book 21 most effective prayers of the bible that we've been reading for the 21 days of prayer uh kent chevalier who is the pittsburgh uh chaplain for the pittsburgh steelers uh, as well as just many other breakout speakers that are going to be here. They want to give you more tools to put in your toolbox. So we can not just walk around with more head knowledge. We can walk around with more ways and more things to, to say, okay, I'm equipped to take the message of Jesus to those around me. And so uh, it's going to be an incredible day. It's all free. And so if you think about this and know that it will be worth your time to be here on Tuesday, January 30th. If you look in your bulletin, there's a handout that has more information about this. You can register for free on our website. It's right on the front page of our website. If you're on your phone, just swipe over a few times and you'll see it right there and you can register. Uh, but we, um, we, have a, we have a great amount of people. Like I think it's over, what, 190 people or so that are registered and we know more will come in. But it's going to be exciting to see a bunch of people. Like I know City Church is coming down from Newcastle. We have a couple people coming over from Ohio and it's going to be a great day. So January 30th is our refuel event. I encourage you to come and be a part of what God's going to do on January 30th. Um, continue on this morning. Um, I want to say thank you for being faithful and giving. Uh, giving is a part of growing in Christ. And I know that many of us are growing and understanding more and more and more each day about how God is stretching us. And it's giving through our time, our, our resources from finances, and also from many other ways. And so church... Thank you for being faithful to the mission to see Jesus be made famous in Finleyville, Western Pennsylvania, and this world. You guys are awesome, and God's growing us in incredible ways. So let's stand this morning as we continue in worship, and let's just let's sing out with the holy, holy ruckus this morning. Because, listen, God did an amazing work during these 21 days of prayer, didn't he? And we're going we're gonna to continue 
to keep praying. So don't stop. Keep praying. So let's go before the Lord and just uh, ask him to bless our time this morning. Lord, we come into your presence and acknowledge, God, that you are God. Nothing else is, is, is as important as you. God, we do a really good job sometimes talking and saying that you're God and that you are the creator of the universe. But then on Monday, we idolize other things. God, forgive us for idolizing people, things, achievements. God, nothing compares to you. So, God, we declare at this church, online, here in the building, that you are God that no one else is like you. And God, we worship you. And no one can compare to you because God, you forgive our sins. No one can forgive us of our sins. No achievements, no anything. So Lord, we declare that truth this morning. We'll declare it until we go home to be with you. That Jesus Christ is and will always be the good news that changes lives. So Lord, be with us as your people respond and worship, as we read your word, and as we leave out of here, God, ignited to go and take the message of truth, Lord, the message which is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We love you. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Sharpen our minds, open our hearts, open our eyes, open every part of us that we would see and know you more deeply. God, that we, would, we wouldn't just have a lot of knowledge, but we would know you and that our lives would be changed because the world so desperately needs to see truth. They need to see you, Jesus. Empower us, your message carriers. We love you. In your name, amen. Okay. 
Oh, yeah. 
Father God, we ask that you stir in our hearts this morning and show us this truth. The God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Israel is the same God here today in Finleyville, PA. We ask that you stir in us to seek you boldly, without hesitation, without any type of stalling. Lord, we ask that you just be with us here this morning. Seek your word and draw close to you. In your precious name we pray. I would uh, just give you a little uh, little encouragement here. Refuel is this Tuesday, and I realize it's during the day, so that's inconvenient for many people uh, with work schedules and all. But if you can be here, you will be blessed. Uh, that Dr. Habermas is an incredible guy. He is an authority on the resurrection. Um, he's He's been doing some work on the, the, the Shroud of Turin. So if you've, anybody's investigated any of that, he's gotten into all that. And uh, he's, uh, he's recent, uh, he has just recently published another book here in January. And so I'm thrilled for us to have this opportunity to have such a mind like his in our church. And it was just because we asked. That's it. Remember I told you a few weeks ago, all we did was ask, right? And so God had his hand on it. So I think God wants him to be here, obviously. And we're thrilled about the opportunity to have him here as well as... Uh, Kent Chavalier, the uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As we know, he's got a little extra free time right now, so he's able to be here with us. Uh, with the uh, the uh, the chaplain for the Steelers, uh, Dave Early, who wrote the book that we've been going through for the 21 days of prayer. He'll be here. So I think that you will be blessed. I know that you'll be blessed. The focus of our day will be disciple making. We're we're a disciple, and we're help, we're called to make other disciples. And so as you come through this day, you'll catch little nuggets here and there that you can use to help other people become a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what this is all about. So I want to encourage you to be here if you can. Uh, like Luke said, we're giving you a free Chick-fil-A meal here. We'll have a nice, you know, you can't go wrong when there's Chick-fil-A, right? If the speakers aren't bad, at least you, if the speakers aren't good, you know that at least lunch will be good, right? So, but I think it'll be a fantastic day. I want to encourage you. Uh, to be here for all that. And then I was uh, just wanted to encourage you what's, what happened here last Sunday night. We had our time of prayer here last Sunday night. I asked uh, our church to gather for a, a day of prayer during the 21 days of prayer. So we were so thrilled with such an incredible turnout. God moved mightily. And this is uh, we were participating in something that was much bigger than us. It wasn't just here that there were prayer meetings going on. It was all around the world. They were in India. They were in Africa and around the world. And these are just some of the prayer meetings that, we're, that you're going to scroll through there. And you'll see just some of the prayer meetings that, uh, that, that people were 
partaking in around the world. So there were 640 churches that were participating, and uh, they were global, not just here in the United States, but it was a global movement. So God is using our church to be a part of something bigger. Um, I, I want to encourage you, our children's ministry, you, if you have kids downstairs, they were handing out uh, companion guides so that you can take your kids through the 21 days of prayer. That has been shared with pastors from all over the country and all over the world so that they can use that to help their kids' ministries in the future whenever they do that. So God is allowing us to have a, a multiplying impact. Can we thank God for that? That's a, a wonderful opportunity that we have. And, uh, and so not only, uh, you know, again, I didn't start this. All I did was I asked Dave earlier, I said, hey, Dave, what do you think? Give me 500 of these books. I'd like to do this next year for our church. And God prompted his heart, and we kind of had a snowball, and, and God just moved incredibly. And now we're, we're part of a worldwide movement. And I just want you to catch this. There's power in encouraging somebody. All I did was give an encouragement to Dave, and look what God has done. And so God wants to use you to encourage somebody. There's kids in our church that need encouragement. There's adults in our church. Everybody needs encouragement, and God will do great and mighty things as we seek him and encourage others. I'll just give you one other uh, note on the, on, the, on the prayer, the 21 days of prayer, because um, we've been connecting with... with um, uh, Ecuador, and you know, the Ecuador, Ecuador is in a terrible situation right now. The gangs are having fair reign in the country. They're releasing prisoners out of jail, and it's a pretty dangerous situation. So we'll just put up that picture again from our prayer time that we had here. So um, it's hard to tell from where you're sitting, but I'm standing up here. <laughs> I had an iPad. We were supposed to have uh, one of our missionaries from Ecuador zoomed onto the screen, but I ended up having to use the iPad because we had a glitch in the technology. Don't you love technology? It's beautiful, right? Um, so uh, and we're holding a microphone on, and on my little nine-inch iPad, we're talking to the, commu- uh, to the church, and uh, it was Israel and Elizabeth from down there. Israel is the pastor of a uh, one of the larger churches in Ecuador. He's one of the, one of the, I think they have multiple pastors. He's one of the pastors of this large, large church in Ecuador. And, uh, and he was sharing with us how hard things were. He, they sent me a, a, a text the next day saying they had much more to share, as always do, right? So they had much more to share, but that uh, they wanted to thank God for the refuge that they found in the prayer of our church. Like God gave them a refuge in our prayers. Isn't that powerful? I thank the Lord for that. So that's, there's a ministry that you had. Our people where we were here, we were praying. And so we all have our hands up there because we were all in agreement that we're praying together for these people. And uh, just with our outstretched hands as we ask God to move in, their, in a mighty way. And then they went on to tell me, I had sent them a copy of this book in Spanish on PDF. You know how like when you're Google searching and you find the PDF? Well, I found the PDF of it, and I just sent it. And I said, hey, maybe uh, you guys would like to do this with us. And so I followed up with them at the beginning of the year, and what they did was they started having Zoom meetings for prayer because the, the danger, it's such a dangerous situation down there right now. Nobody's going out in the evenings for sure. I think they've started to gather again in public, but uh, there was a week there where they didn't even gather on a Sunday morning because it was really, really scary. And so their church is praying through, and they're praying through the same prayers that you prayed through in the 21 days of prayer in Spanish. And so not only are they taking that and going through their church, and they're doing these online Zoom prayer calls, that one of the members of their church took that PDF, because they sent it out to everybody in their church, and they took that PDF, and they sent it to somebody that they knew in the military. 
and Ecuadorian military, and now there's a prayer movement starting to move through the Ecuadorian military. Can we thank God for that? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Only God, right? Only God can do these things. And so we're so thankful for the opportunities that God has given us. And uh, I just want to pray this morning for a few people that are going through some hard times in our church before we get into our message. Um, Dave Askins, we had prayer over him last week. His wife was here on Sunday night. She requested prayer. Um, they thought maybe there was cancer coming back to this liver that he had transplanted. And it wasn't. It was actually an infection. And his liver is uh, is kind of in a failure situation, though. So it's not cancer, but it's in a failure. So they're kind of like not sure where this is going to go. So we're praying that God will start that liver back up again, that he wouldn't have to have another transplant. So we're just asking the Lord for that. And then uh, also I want you to pray for Hal Brynig this morning. Hal, one of our good members of the church, been here for number of years, he's, uh, he's in doing, going through a, a terrible health crisis. As you know, he's been out for many, many months, and he is now in the, um, in the ICU down at the, Virginia, uh, the uh, VA hospital. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer and lift these few folks up. Father, if we come before you, Lord, and we know that you are God, we submit to you and we say thank you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, most holy, mighty God. Lord, we love that name, Mighty God. You are mighty. You have all the power of the universe at your disposal. You are mighty. God, we come to you and we lift up our church family to you, Lord. We're so thankful for the time that we have to gather here today to worship you, to honor you. And Lord, as, uh, as we think of those that are hurting, we lift them up to you, Lord. We think of Dave Askin, Lord, as he had a liver transplant from his sister's liver, Lord, a year ago. And now uh, they've had some complications, and the, and the liver's in uh, a state of uh, failing, but we're hearing somewhat of progress. So, God, we ask that you will put your hand upon them, and, Lord, use our church to, to just continue to seek your face on his behalf, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you'll move in a mighty way and that, that you will get all the honor and the glory. God, we lift up Hal Brining to you. He's been a part of our church for many years, Lord, and he loves you. And both these men, Lord, they love you. So we ask that you'll work in, in however you're going to choose to work in their lives, Lord, through these uh, critical situations that they're in. Lord, there are a number of people in our church that are going through hard, hard, hard times, heartaches, brokenness, overwhelming. We ask you, Lord, to meet each need, and we will give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the question is, where do we go from here? I've had a few people tell me that. They said, hey, I've read the 21 days of prayer. This changed my life. Where do we go from here? What's the next step that we're going to do? What's the next book? Where do we go from here? And I'm going to give you this this morning. Where do we go from here is the first phrase, is the point of your notes tonight, uh, this morning, is don't stop praying. Say that with me. Don't stop praying. Say it again. All right, this time, everybody. All right, that was pretty good, 99%. That wasn't bad. Don't stop praying. Um, God has done some incredible things. I think in the last 21 days, some of you have seen God transform your life. I've watched God do some transforming things in my own attitude as we give some extra time to prayer. 
I've watched God do some transformational things in our staff as we've gotten together and we have prayed. We have sought the Lord. We've added an extra time on 10 o'clock throughout the 21 days. We had times of prayer. We were seeking the Lord. And as we did that, listen, we, these people had to make, you know, they had to change their life. They had to change their schedule. They had other things that they needed to do, but we declared that the power and the glory and the majesty of God was greater than anything we could fill the rest of our day with. And so we stopped and we had a prayer time. And as we met together, it unified the staff. It gave us, uh, gave us encouragement. We saw God do some great and mighty things. And I began to see God move in my life. I saw people in our church. I keep hearing people tell me that the, the things that God has done in them. God has transformed them from the inside. There were things that, that weren't even in the, in the book that God talked to them about. Things that God cured them of emotionally. And uh, physically, so we're seeing God do all kinds of things, and spiritually. So as we watch the hand of God move, where do we go from here when we don't stop praying? Uh, one fellow in our church, he told me this. He said, at the beginning of the prayer time, I took the 21 days, and I said, all right, I'll start praying. He started praying. It was like six, seven minutes a day. And then, uh, and then as he got into it, he's about day 15. He says, all of a sudden I noticed I'm praying 30 minutes a day. And he wasn't even trying to pray 30 minutes a day, right? All of a sudden, God just started to do this, and, and he developed a friendship with God. He developed a relationship, and that, that, that's what it is. It's a conversation with God. So don't stop praying. And, and, and maybe you're one of the people that have shared with me that, well, I didn't really do it. Or I started into five days, and I kind of got sidetracked. Pick it up. Just just pick it up. If you're, if you've, uh, if you're like that... Listen, there's nothing that says this has to be done 21 days in a row. This is here to help you. It's a tool to get you to meet with God. Use the tool. Pick it back up. So if you stopped at day five, I would go back and pick up on day six. That's your next step. That's what, that's what, what are we called to do? What are we going to do next? If, uh, as you're looking through and you see, uh, uh, for you, uh, maybe if you have done the entire book, I want to encourage you to make it 21 weeks of prayer. Take one prayer a week. And so, all right, you're going to focus, go back and take one prayer. Start with, Lord, give me success today, right? So maybe that's the theme of your prayer for a week. And then you go to, Lord, bless me. And then you, you just keep going through. As you keep going through and you keep learning and growing, you're going to develop. Because what we've done is everything in this book has had the Bible. It's all about the Bible in there. And everything that you got to read helped you to spend time with God. And as you help, as you spent time with God, God did the work. So don't stop praying. Colossians 1.9. Look at what Paul says here. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you. I love that. He's writing to the, Colossi, to the church at Colossae. He said, we have not stopped praying for you. As a matter of fact, Paul hadn't actually met these people yet. He heard good reports from their pastor. And, and, uh, and he writes this and he says, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way that you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. 
May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. And so, so what we see here, we see the Apostle Paul says, I've never stopped praying since we first heard about you. I haven't stopped praying. And you know what? I'm sad to say, I can't say that about everybody that I heard of the good news of Jesus. Oh, God did something good in their life. Maybe we prayed for them for a while, and then we drift off, don't we? That's what we do. The Apostle Paul says he doesn't stop praying for them. And look at the incredible list. If you go through there, you'll see there's a list that, that he gave. First of all, he says, I want you to understand God's will. I want you to know what God wants you to do, he says in verse 9. Um, you know, no Christian has ever arrived. There's not one Christian that says, well, you know, I've made it all the way. If you have said that as a Christian, you've missed the point. You know, it's like uh, the young man who was in college, the freshman in college. He wrote a 10-page paper on the, uh, the history of the universe and thought that somehow he was thorough. Um, certainly not thorough on a 10-page paper. That's what a Christian would be like who declares that he has arrived. He says, I want you to understand. I want you to have total, complete, full knowledge of the will of God. And so, folks, as I'm growing in the Lord, I need people to pray that for me. I need people to pray, stand in the gap for me and say, Lord, help Pastor Ken that he will know the will of God, that he will know who you are. And so that's, you know how you know the will of God is you know the word of God. And as you get to know the Word, the more you get into the Word. And I've spent a lifetime on this so far. And, uh, and I'm thrilled about what God is doing in my life. And I get to know Him more and more and more. But you won't know God's will without His Word. Um, he says that you would gain spiritual wisdom. To give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, the Scripture says. That means to not just know the truth, but to live the truth. You see, I can know all the things of God. Now I have to come in and have spiritual wisdom. How do I make the right decisions in life? Wisdom is knowledge applied. And so as I take that knowledge of God and I, you get into a circumstance in life and you ask yourself, well, how, how am I supposed to live here? What, what's the decision I'm supposed to make? We're all faced with decisions that, that, that could be catastrophic. We're all faced with decisions that are good and bad. Um, many times you may have a decision of two good things and you still need the spiritual wisdom of God. Many times we are blinded because there's a bad decision and we think it's good. We need the wisdom of God. We need spiritual wisdom. Honor and please God, he says in verse 10. I pray that you will honor and please God. You know, without faith it is impossible to please God. So if you want to honor the Lord, you want to please the Lord, you're going to grow your faith. So he's saying, I want to I pray that your faith will grow, that you honor and please the Lord, that you'll produce every kind of good fruit, that uh, good fruit, that you'll produce fruit in your life, that through the Spirit was love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. You know, we're called to love God and to love people. And if, you know, if somebody tells you that they love God and they don't love people, I'm going to tell you a little secret. They don't really love God. Jesus said this. Love God and love people. And so the, here's the deal. I can't love people until I first learn how to love God. There's a vertical aspect of spirituality and a horizontal aspect. Now, I can be kind. I can be friendly without having a relationship with God. But I can't truly love you until I've learned how to love God. And so he says, listen, love God and love people. And as we learn how to get that down, what this means is we're going to be out in our community. We're going to be serving people. People will see the fruit of God in our life, and it will bring people to Jesus. 
I like what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody would often say that every Bible should be bound in shoe leather, meaning that you are the only Bible that most people will ever read. And when you go to work tomorrow, that shoe leather, shoe leather, those shoes of yours are the binding to the Bible that they will read. So as you go out there and you live for God, you see, God, you have to have God produce this fruit in your life. And Paul's praying. He says, these are the things I want to see in your lives as believers. Learn to know God better and better. Oh, you will learn God as you know his word. And so he wants you to get to know God better and better and better. Uh, that you'll be strengthened with his glorious power. And uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting. It says that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power. So in the Greek, it's kind of like this, that you'll be powered with his glorious power. And there's two different words. The, the first word is dunamis. That's dynamite. That's where we get explosive power, right? So that you would have explosive power in your life with God's power. That you would see God's power. So as you see God's power, what is God's power? God's power, the second word is kratos. That is, that is the explosive power uh, manifested. So as you see this power manifested, so you have this power and then you have the explosive power. So your life will be empowered by the power of God on display. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power. Um, that you'll have great endurance and patience. That God will give you great endurance and patience. You know, too many Christians have a tendency to quit. Too many Christians have a tendency to just throw in the towel because life circumstances are hard. Because things got troublesome. Dr. Raymond Edmond of Wheaton College, he was the president of Wheaton College back in the day. He, uh, he used to remind his students, it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. And I think that that's something that we should understand as Christians. It's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. Charles Spurgeon said that by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Think about that. The snail finally made it to the ark. And this is what God does in our lives. He's called us to be people of patience and endurance. There will be troubles, Jesus said. I will give you peace, not as the world gives you. In other words, the world says everything's got to be good for you to be happy. He says, no, I will give you peace. I will give you patient endurance. So I'm not just praying. I pray and I get up and I go to work. I go out and I serve this community. I go out and I do what God's called me to do. Um, and you do as well as you go to your job tomorrow, as you go to serve your family later today. Uh, you'll be filled with joy. He says, I'm praying that you'll be filled with joy. May, may you have joy. See, joy goes deeper than happiness. Happiness depends on people and circumstances. Joy goes below that. Joy is able to reach down deep. Joy is not something that we work up ourselves. It is something that the Spirit himself works in you. Joy in the Holy Spirit. And then he says to give thanks. He says, I want you to give thanks, always giving thanks. 
So this is how the Apostle Paul was praying. And Paul's praying. He's saying, look, this is how I'm praying for you, church at Colossae. I heard about your faith. And this is a, a powerful way that we can pray for those around us. And so you want to learn how to pray for your kids right there. You want to pray for your spouse? There it is. You want to pray for your pastor? I'd love if you prayed all those nine for me every day. I tell you what, it all starts with understanding God's will. Because he says when you understand God's will, then you'll gain spiritual wisdom. You'll honor God and you'll produce fruit. And as you get to know God better, you'll be strengthened with his power and endurance and patience. And then you'll have the joy. And then it's not like, okay, i got to do all these things. No, I come before God. You see, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Paul told this church, uh, the Thessalonians, he said, always be joyful. That's a tough one right there, isn't it? Always rejoice. Then he says, verse 17, never stop praying. This is from the New Living Translation. I memorized it like this, pray without ceasing. I never quite knew what ceasing meant. Pray without ceasing. It means to never stop praying. And it doesn't mean that I'm sitting in my office all day and, and with my eyes closed and, and somehow in this mode of this moment of prayer. It means that I have this conversation with God that lasts all day long and I just keep talking to him. I keep checking in with him. And then he says, be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God. So, so today, I want, to, I want to encourage you because as we, as we never stop praying, that's, that's where we go. Where do we go from here? We never stop praying. We never stop praying. You have an answer. Maybe you sought the Lord for 21 days and he didn't answer your prayer. Never stop praying. Maybe God did answer one of your prayers. Never stop praying. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. And you know what God's going to do in this process? He's going to transform you. He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. That's transformation. He'll give you encouragement along the way. You'll see him continue to do his work. Unceasing prayer. Never stopping praying. That is our birthright and privilege as children of God. And we are not ourselves without prayer. Without this constant touch with God. So, as we've gone through this book, The 21 Days of Prayer, and uh, there are still some of these out there on our resource table. If you would like one, please take one if you haven't gotten one yet. Uh, please, we'll have them out there for a number of weeks. You can always keep taking them. Give them to friends. Um, I want you to catch this here. As, as we were praying this, I looked through the 21 days and I said, okay, God, that's a whole lot of prayers. Like I have learned, I've retold, refocused my own prayer life as I've gone through there. How to pray. And there's three prayers that I just want to highlight here as we wrap up our 21 days of prayer. The first prayer that I want to uh, highlight is this. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's say it together. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. I love this. Luke is setting you up so you can understand the story Jesus is about to tell. The crowd, these were people that said, we got it together. I go to church all the time. I serve, I serve faithfully. And I'm pretty good. It says, to those who were confident of their own righteousness... And they looked down on the people who weren't. He told them this story. Two men 
went up to a temple, up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Remember the Pharisees, these were the religious leaders of the day. They liked to wear long flowing robes. They liked to be seen praying in public. They liked to be known for the good that they did. And everybody knew everything that they did. The tax collector, on the other hand, was a Jew. They were both Jews. The tax collector was a Jew who had been outcast, basically, by most of society. Why? Because the tax collector sold out to Rome. If you wanted to collect tax, all you had to do is instead of, you didn't actually work for Rome, you went in and you, you bid an auction to buy the tax right to be able to come and tax people. So if the tax was $1,000 a person, I could come to you and say, hmm, your tax, if I bought the tax right and I was a tax collector, and knowing that I bought the tax right, so that means I've already paid Rome the 1000 I could now come to you and say, Scott, uh, you owe $1,800 worth of tax. And I could make your life pretty miserable. It sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? You know? So, so you could come and do this. And so the tax guy was not the most popular guy. As a matter of fact, they were outcast in worship. They weren't welcome in the worship places. And so when Jesus is telling this, they're like, whoa, a tax collector. Another verse of Scripture calls them despicable people. They were lowly. They were the traitors. So there's a Pharisee and there's a tax collector in the temple. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector right over there. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. You know, these Pharisees, they were all about the letter of the law. The letter of the law. They were like down, they were nitpicking everything. If They were better than everybody because they met it to the letter of the law. Nobody else could perform like them. They were at the top, and everybody else was below them. Uh, somebody was got on me a little bit this week, not in the church, so don't don't be alarmed. I'm not talking about you. Somebody got on me this week about the letter of the law. I told him I was attempting to fast. I said, you know what? I had water, I had coffee, and I had lifesavers. And this person goes, you didn't do a real fast because you had coffee and lifesavers. They were on the letter of the law. And my reply was, I don't think you understand. For me to only have lifesavers and a cup of coffee, that wasn't a fast. That was a famine. That was a famine, okay? This person missed it. That's what. Now, I'm friends with this person, so we had a pleasant discussion. I think. It's pleasant for me. As I was crunching my lifesavers. <laughs> he says, I fast twice a week. I give 10%. And everybody knows it. But the tax collector stood at a distance. And he would not even look up to heaven. And it beat on his chest. And he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
You see this contrast of prayer. One is crying out to the Lord about how good he is. God, look at me. Don't you deserve me? And the other guy is saying, God, I don't even deserve you. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. Look what Jesus said. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the religious leader, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I believe this is the very first prayer that every human needs to pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you've not yet made that decision to trust Jesus Christ, today's the day. You don't come before God and tell him how good you are, what you've done. You come before God and you say, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And then, this is the attitude of prayer. This is the attitude of growth for your Christian life. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. You know, Jesus said it very well there. He says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. I I was dealing with something, and I realized that I was with some people, and a particular individual was just raving about their glory, about who they are, and this and that. And I was just like, you know, when you get around somebody who's got a lot of pride, I just get a little bit ill. I just really do. It's just like, does that person even know what they just said? And I was discouraged. I really was. I was discouraged because I walked away saying, this person is full of themselves, and they think that they are full of God, but they're not. And then God brought me to study this verse. And it says that those who humble themselves will be exalted. It was like God just spoke into my heart and says, would you relax? They got their reward already. It was the praise of man. They got their reward. But if you're going to serve me, keep humbling yourself, and I will exalt you in eternity. Now, I would rather be exalted in heaven than to have the praise of man for the next 50 years. And if I go to 105, it would be interesting. The next prayer is, I have sinned. David sins with Bathsheba. Bathsheba. He does three things. David was supposed to be working and he wasn't. Men, when you're supposed to be working and you're not, that's when trouble always comes in. You have something you're supposed to be doing and you don't do it, that's when trouble comes in. Just know that. David does this. So he sends him out. He should have been out with, the, with his troops out there on the front line. And, he do, and so he doesn't go out there. Instead, he finds other trouble. He looks out the back window, and he sees this beautiful woman taking a shower. He says, I think I'm going to go talk to her. After he looked at her many times. Then he develops an affair with her. And then the husband comes home. And he conveniently sends her husband out to the front line on the army 
so that he would be killed. That's where David should have been. But he sends this man, this woman's husband, out there. He gets killed. He had a massive sin before God. And so Nathan, in the scriptures, tells us that Nathan comes and confronts him about this. And look how he responds. After finally getting down, and at first David was not happy with Nathan. You know, when somebody confronts you with your sin, you're typically not happy. But look what he says, Second Samuel twelve thirteen. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replies, the Lord has taken away your sins. You're not going to die. You see, God is the one who forgives us our sins. As you go through the scriptures, you'll see that sin just, it makes us moan, it makes us groan, it, it messes with your health, it messes with everything. Um, jump down to Psalm 32, 34. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped in the heat of the summer. And folks, I think sometimes that we're afraid of this because, you know, we, we think God is only loving. Well, he's loving and he's just. He loves you too much to let you stay there. And so when we understand this, look, my strength was sapped. Sometimes we're wondering what's wrong with me. It's a spiritual condition. It's a spiritual condition. And he says, David's remedy was, Lord, I have sinned. And Nathan says, God has forgiven you. Psalm 103, verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So what do you do? You sin, you blew it, you screwed up. You don't say, well, God will forgive me. It'll be all right. Too many Christians do that. Oh, it'll be all right. God will forgive me. And as they're doing it, like what? Did you sear your conscience before a holy God? You know what he says? He says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. I have to do this daily. I have to come before God daily. I don't wait till tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. to wake up and say, God, forgive me for my sin. As soon as God brings it to my remembrance, I confess it. I say, God, I agree with you. I've blown it. I'm a sinner. The third prayer, I think, is the most interesting of the entire book that we read, was the prayer of Jesus. Father, forgive them. Let's say that together. Father, forgive them. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And then they divided his garments and they cast lots. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. In one day, betrayed by Judas, he's illegally arrested at the temple, um, by the temple police. 
He's abandoned by his disciples. He's denied by his friend. He's condemned by the high priest and the Jewish leaders. He's rejected by the crowd. He's handed over to the Romans. He's condemned by Pilate the governor. He's mocked and beaten by the soldiers. And the scripture says that he was beaten beyond recognition. He's hanging on the cross, beaten beyond recognition. And one of the criminals on his side is mocking him. And Jesus cries out to his perpetrator, Father, forgive him. Like in the midst of all this, the blood running down his face, flesh hanging off of his bones, he looks at the very people that are his perpetrators and he says, Father, forgive them. Do you want to unleash your prayer life? You want to know why there's some things that aren't getting answered in your prayer life? Could it be that there's some unforgiveness? I, I told you before that I have a, a mind like a steel trap. If you harm me, I'll never forget it. And, it, and the way you deal with this, the way that you forgive it, is I can't forget it. I think many times we think that forgiving and forgetting are the same. Forgiving says, I'm not going to open that up and do that and go through all that again. You see, when I'm in unforgiveness, I'm in jail. And as you're in jail and you're on the inside, you know what? Your perpetrator's gone. The person who's offended you, they've moved on. They don't even know that you're angry half the time. Or they're, maybe they're happy that you're angry. But their life isn't being changed. Your life is being changed. And you know who closed the cell on the jail? Was not the perpetrator, but you. You said, never going to talk to that person again. Just the thought of that name. My blood pressure boils when I get around that person. When I think of what they did, and you go into it. Jesus prays, Father, forgive them. And when he did, he set us free from the prison of our sin. But when we pray, Father, forgive them, we set ourselves free from the prison of bitterness. Dave, early in the book, talked all about so many things of how it, it affects your health. Unforgiveness. There's all kinds of studies about how unforgiveness creates cancers. This does not say that everybody has cancer has unforgiveness. It just says that, look, it's part of the equation. And it can at times do that. Um, there's so many things that it does. Let me just give you another one here. Physical anger and resentment. This is from the book from Dave Early. It says, Physical, uh, physically, anger and resentment produce a steady stream of stress hormones. When they, when, uh, which then turns into toxins. According to Bruce McEwen, Ph.D. director of the Neurological Lab at Rockefeller University in New York City, these were down the brain, leading to cell atrophy and memory loss. Stress also raises blood sugar, uh, blood sugar hardens arteries, and leads to heart disease. Yet forgiveness... Um, Yet forgiveness stops these hormones from flowing. 
In a separate study of 36 men uh, who had coronary heart disease, a history of painful hurts, and a history of painful hurts, half were given forgiveness training and half were not. The ones who forgave showed greater blood flow to their hearts. Father, forgive them. You see, these three prayers are all connected because I need mercy from God. And I need to give mercy to others. My sin before God, Father, have mercy upon me. I can't do this. I need your strength. I need your power. And then we even have a tool that God says, you sinned again, come back before me. You sinned again, come back before me. You sinned again, come back before me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to cleanse it. And then when somebody sins against us, no. I'm going to hold that forever. Our prayer, Father, forgive them. Because I am struggling to do it. God changed my heart. And as God does, you know what he does? He'll remove that cloud. This cloud will be gone. Your prayer life will flow. And God will do more and more and more in your life. As we close today, I'm going to close the service just a little differently. I want to encourage you to never stop praying. Never stop praying. Now, the guys are going to come now. They're going to hand out some paper to you here. The little card, and the little card says, don't stop praying. On the the front side, it says, what's your impossible? What is the impossible thing that you need to see God to do? And on the back side, it says, these are the top three prayer requests that I had during the 21 days that I I need to keep praying over. And I want to encourage you, take a pen, and while we listen to the song in just a few moments, I want you to write that down. Um, Or maybe you're going to take that home and you're going to think about this and you're going to write them down. Also, not only do we have that, there's also a place for three people. Who are the three people you need to see come to God? Who are the three people during the 21 days God brought to your mind? Could be your mom, could be your brother, could be your sister, could be a neighbor, could be a friend, a relative, a co-worker. Write those names down. And as you watch this song, I'm going to ask you to meet with Jesus. And then I'm going to close with prayer. What's your impossible, your I need a miracle? What's got you barely hanging by a single thread? What looks so hopeless now? What weighs down your heart without you? Beg for a breakthrough, but no sign of breakthrough yet. When you've cried and you've cried till your tears run dry The answer won't come and you don't know why And you wonder if you can bow your head even one more time Don't stop Crushed in spirit, the Alpha and Omega knows how your story is. When you cried and you cried to your.
tears run dry The answer won't come and you don't know why And you wonder if you can bow your head even one more time together as we close our service today. It's been a wonderful season of prayer, hasn't it? Let's thank our great God what he's doing in our church. He is moving us closer to him. Let's close in prayer. And with our heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe God's speaking to you today. Maybe for you, the first prayer today is, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if that's you, you haven't started that relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to just quietly, in the quietness of this moment, would you just pray, call on him, and just pray something like this. Dear Jesus, have mercy upon me, a sinner. You died on the cross and you paid for my sin. You have come back to life again. And I need you in my life. And I'm calling on you now to trust you. And I invite you into my heart and soul right now. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. And for others in this room, maybe your prayer is, Lord, I have sinned. And you need to make right with the Lord. I want to encourage you to meet with the Lord And to set the record straight and to go the direction of the Lord. 
maybe for others in here, maybe as we talked about forgive. Maybe there's something below the surface that you need to meet with God and say, God, help me to let go. I'll never forget those things that people have said or done. But I don't have to go to jail for them. I don't have to be in emotional jail. I don't have to be in the jail of unforgiveness. And pray, Father, forgive them. Lord, thank you for the example of Jesus. Thank you for his prayerful, dependent life. Thank you, Lord, that we can be called to love you and to love others. Move mightily, Lord, as your church does not stop praying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a great weekend.